You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So I want to help you today to be positioned for God's favor. Turn to the person next to you say, position yourself for God's favor. Oftentimes when we look at a person, you're the favor of God upon your life is, is not measured by human means. God chooses grace rather than works. Sometimes we can look at somebody and we say, wow, that person is so favored, he is strong. Or that one is very intelligent. That person has got a lot of influence. But God's favor works differently because God chooses grace rather than works, so that no man should boast. Turn to the person next to you and say, God chooses grace, rather than works, so that no man should boast. Amen. That's why God can take a rustic, uneducated, unskilled shepherd boy And make him a king, David. Insignificant, nobody noticed him. But God could place his favor and his grace upon him. He can become a king. God can look at Moses, a murderer, and see in him a deliverer. Moses' time in the courts of Pharaoh, many can look at that and say, mm, why would that happen? But it was in the courts of Pharaoh where God trained him, where he was educated, where he could start to write so that he could write the first books of the Bible so that we can still have it today. In what seemed like a disappointment, God had an appointment. God can take a frustrated fisherman. Peter, turn to the person next to you and ask them, say, are you frustrated? But Peter, a frustrated fisherman, God was ready to take him from being an ordinary fisherman to become a fisher of men. And God will always empower you will give you gifts, and when he does that, you have the responsibility to use those gifts in a responsible way so that God's name can be glorified in you and through you. Turn to the person next to you and say, whether you like it or not, God has given you gifts, and you will have to give account one day of what God has entrusted to you. We have the responsibility to use our gifts in a way that honors God. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians 1 verse 3, you have been blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. You have been blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Not earthly blessings, heavenly blessings. 
Turn to the person next to you and say whether you like it or not. You are blessed. So the first area where you should prosper in is your spiritual life. Your spiritual life. People say, I want to be highly favored. The truth is when Christ Jesus is on the inside of you, he is the highly favored one. Turn to the person next to you and say, Jesus is highly favored. When you allow Christ to be on the inside of you, you are highly favored. When the angel came to Mary, he said, you are highly favored. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are highly favored. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's time to be happy. I'm praying for you that you will have a revelation that you are highly favored. When the angel came to him, he said, rejoice, be happy, highly favored one. Family, today all of us have Christ on the inside of us. You are highly favored. The man at the pool of Bethesda, he was trying to get into the water for his life to change. But Jesus, the living water, was trying to get into him to give him a permanent solution. Position yourself to attract God's favor. You position yourself to attract God's favor when you are positioned in Christ Jesus. Then you are highly favored. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are highly favored. Don't give up. I know you've been facing some challenges. This is why God has given me this message for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't give up. You know why? Because even if you feel like you are broken, you feel like you've been pushed down, that which is broken in the hands of God becomes useful. Your worst day can become somebody's best hope when you have Christ on the inside. Because God views things differently. He looks at things differently. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's time to position yourself to attract the favor of God. To attract the favor of God, all that you have to do is say, Lord, I'm available, use me. That's an easy cry from a man or a woman's heart. When you make yourself available, God can use you. Amen? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. Turn to the person next to you say, you are highly favored. Say, so whether you like it or not, you're highly favored. You know, when you are highly favored, everything about you will change. The way that you walk will change. The way that you talk will change. Remember, Mary was highly favored. And guess what? Directly after that, she had a bumpy road on a donkey to the place where she had to give birth to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
What does it mean? It means when you are highly favored, you can still have a bumpy road. A bumpy road doesn't mean you're not highly favored. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eyes and say, sometimes the road becomes bumpy. <laughs> but if you have Jesus on the inside, you're still highly favored. God is still going to do what he wants to do. Amen? Listen here. Matthew 25 verse 14. I'm going to read quite a lot because I want to help you today. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who was called by his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Family, listen to me. Don't ever compare yourself to other people. Because if God has given you five talents and another person two talents, there's a danger for both. The person with two talents... Live according to your ability. Use the talents and the gifts that you have according to your ability. Don't compare yourself to the person with the five talents. You'll become discouraged. God has given you two talents. Be faithful with the two, and it will become four. You with five talents, your danger is even greater. Because you can look at your five talents and compare yourself with the person with the two talents, and you can think, I'm okay. No. To whom much is given, much is required. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each one according to their own ability, and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went out and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug into the ground, and he hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with him. He buried the Lord's gift. Turn to the person next to you say, the gifts that you have received, they are from the Lord. They are given to you by grace so that no man should boast. The gifts that the Lord has given to you, let your boasting be in the Lord and not in yourself. Say, and he came and settled accounts with them. Family, you're going to give account one day for the gifts that God has given you. The blessings that God has given you, there's the responsible use of that blessings. When God gives you gifts, He expects a return. He expects you to multiply at least to double. Turn to the person next to you and say, I've been too comfortable for a long time, but today it changes. I'm going to use my gifts and my talents for the kingdom of God. Amen? So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. What does that mean? It means even that five that became ten, the Lord added even now more to him because he was faithful to what the Lord gave him. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. 
His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there have, here is what is yours. You cannot just give back to the Lord what he has given you. Amen? Because he will give you the grace and the ability to double to increase, to multiply. Amen? What did the prophet Isaiah said? Instead of shame, I'll give you double honor. God wants to restore in your life, but you have your part to play. Amen? But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, and they will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Turn to the person next to you say, you have a gift. And you have to use it to the glory of God. Family, God will use foolish things for you to discover what is your gift. Joseph in prison discovered the gift to interpret dreams and visions. And it was that gift that God used to solve other people's problems. Your gift is there to help other people. Your gift is not just there for you to look good. Turn to the person next to you say, you've received talents. You've received gifts. Family, when you are born again, the first thing, you are saved to save others. Salvation has come into your life, not just for yourself, but for your family. Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, you are saved to save others. Tell them again, say you are saved to save others. A matter of fact, the Bible says that he who wins souls, he's wise. Amen? You are blessed to be a blessing. That means what God has given you is the answer, is the solution to solve problems in other people's lives. What God has given you can solve problems in other people's lives. You become successful in life when you start solving problems in other people's lives. Say, no, this is about me, my problems. What you make happen for other people, God will make those things happen for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a problem solver. <laughs> Family, listen to me. From this parable, it's very clear. If you don't use what God has given you, you can lose it. If you don't use what God has given you, you can lose it. God can take it away. And give it to another. Turn to the person next to you and ask them, do you know what is your gifts? Do you know what is your talents? You have to be faithful in what God has given you. What God has entrusted to you. The blessings that God has given you, you have to use it in a responsible way. 
Family, listen to me. You might be going through a tough time, difficult time. Joseph, when he was in prison, turn to the person next to you and ask them, what's the prison that you find yourself in right now? When Joseph was in prison, he didn't say, I'm in prison now, and started behaving like a, a prisoner. When he was in prison, God gave him favor. And he started to prosper in prison. You might be finding yourself in a dry pit. You might be finding yourself in a fiery furnace. You might be facing a giant. Whatever the difficulty that you think, God, where is your favor? God in that situation wants to put his favor upon you so that people can see you are blessed by God. You're not looking at your situation and your circumstances to behave like somebody that is blessed, to experience the favor of God. Joseph, in prison, experienced the favor of God. Don't you the person next to you say, whether you like it or not, you are highly favored. Whether you're in the prison or in the palace, you are highly favored. God has not changed his mind. A matter of fact, you know how God works. God has got a simple way. Small things, big things. When you are faithful with the small things, God will entrust you with the big things. But everybody today wants the big things. But you've never passed the test of the small things. It was in prison that he discovered his gift to interpret dreams and visions. And he used that gift to solve problems of other prisoners. I don't want to solve other people's problems. I want my own problems to be solved. <laughs> if you realize and you have the revelation that you are highly favored, you'll know God has placed gifts on the inside of you to become a problem solver. That is the number one characteristic of Jesus Christ. He can feel what you are feeling. He's aware of your hurt. He's aware of your disappointment. Whether you have five talents or two talents or one talent, when you use it for the glory of God and it multiplies, you will hear heaven echo, well done, good and faithful servant. But that which God has given you, if there's not a responsible use of that blessing, what did he say? You are lazy. You are wicked. We will not have any excuse before God one day when it comes to our talents and our gifts. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to use your gift for the glory of God. Family, Paul and Silas were in prison. In prison, they were beaten up, threatened, ridiculed. They were in change of bondage. But in the prison, they positioned themselves for God's favor. And they waited for God to manifest his will and his plans while coloring the atmosphere with praise and worship. And they positioned themselves to attract God's favor. And their deliverance and breakthrough came just like that. They were patient just to wait for God to act. When you know you are highly favored, you'll patiently wait for God to act.
Turn to the person next to you and say, wait for God to act. Many of the challenges that we face today is we want to do God's job. We want to, number one, tell him how we should do it, when he should do it, and how he should do it, and how quickly he should do it. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here today. Prayer has no longer been coming, Lord, your will be done. Prayer has become, let me tell you, Lord, what you must do. This boss of mine is not a good boss anymore. Lord, if you can just remove him and give the favor to me, I'll be a good boss. If God has highly favored you, a man's gift will bring him before kings. Allow the gift of God on the inside to work in you and through you. Be faithful what God has given to you. It's the small things, big things. Small things, big things. I shared with the staff this week. I was at a place quickly, just randomly, where people were working and waitering, only receiving tips. And I looked at this waiter and I said, I could see he had a very positive attitude. And I said, wow. I said, how's it going? And he said, well, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. I said, so how do you earn money? He says, I only earn money through tips. I said, wow. I said, how much did you earn yesterday? He said, 20 rand. I said, what? 20 rand? And he's got such a good attitude. I said, you know what? We're busy with a coffee shop here. I'm going to come and fetch you to be a waiter here just because I like your attitude. I'm thinking, he came with a bicycle. He wasn't just waitering. He was cleaning tables there. The next time he was sweeping, I'm thinking, wow, this is the kind of people that we want. He could see. I said, are you born again? He said, yes, I'm born again. I said, yes, I can see the spirit of Jesus on the inside of you. Because you need God to realize that you're highly favored when you've only made 20 rand the previous day. Probably not even enough to get back to work and back, or back home and back to work and buy food. But he had the attitude of a person that is highly favored. He said, I'm going to come and get you. When you are highly favored and you have a good attitude, nobody can keep you down. Even though you find yourself in prison like a Joseph, God will elevate you. That spirit of Christ on the inside is not just attracting the favor of God. But it's the spirit of leadership. It's the spirit of Christ. And you can never push that spirit down because it will always rise up. When it's real, when it's authentic, it will attract the favor of God. Because when Jesus is on the inside of you and you're giving glory to him and everything, God can make you do a detour just to get to that person to see him and say, come and help me. Turn to the person next to you say, you are highly favored. Whether you've made 20 rand or you've made 20 million rand, you are highly favored. But the person who made the 20 rand that says, thank you, Jesus, and you see the glory of God, that's the man of faith. Amen? Choose the bright colors of praise and worship in anticipation that God will do what he said he will do. Paul and Silas were severely tortured. I know there's some situations and circumstances that's been torturing you. They had grateful hearts, happy hearts. A happy heart can respond and say, thank you, Jesus. You can only give what you have. The gifts that God has given you is what you can give. 
The graces that God has bestowed upon you is what you can give. Don't try and give what you don't have. Don't try and be what you're not. What God has given to you, be responsible and use it in the right way. Because when you use it in the right way, God said, when you are faithful in the least, I will entrust you with much. Luke 16 verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. And he who is, un, is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Turn to the person next to you, say, small things, big things. Tell them again, say, small things, big things. Every person holds a passport, a dual passport, the passport to life, the passport to death. You choose which one you will use, life or death. But you can only give what God has given you. Turn to the person next to you so you can only give what God has given to you. You know what's the problem today in church? We have chartered, like we have chartered accountants. In church today, we have chartered pastors and chartered prophets and chartered apostles. Do you know what that means? They're charging you. And you gladly pay because you are ignorant. As a Christian, materialism is not the goal. Listen to me. A lasting relationship is our goal. God says he knows that you have need of all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. What is it that God has given you, and are you using it to help people? Peter, frustrated fisherman after God had empowered him, anointed him. He's walking one day, Acts chapter 3, and he sees a man. The man's focus is upon money, upon silver and gold, because he thinks, if I can just get some money, I'll be okay. But the blessings, the favor that God wants to bring into your life is far beyond money. Turn to the person next to you and say, the blessings of God is far beyond money. When you have good health, when you have peace in your heart, when you have your family serving God, to have all your family members talking to you, how many people have that? No, please just keep them away, pastor. <laughs> you don't know my family. You have a nice family. My family is not nice. <laughs> I think if I can just get money, my problems will be solved. Money is never the end. Healing is never the end. Deliverance is never the end. Breakthrough is never the end. It's a means to an end. The end is always a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter had something to give. Peter had something to give. When he walked up to the man, he said, silver and gold I do not have. Go to Acts chapter 3. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, 
You need to discover what you have, what you can give to others in Jesus' name. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Peter knew that silver and gold was a temporary solution to the man. But he was ready to give him a lasting solution. You can only give what you have. He said, what I have, I'm going to give. You have to find out what God has gifted you with, what God has given you. What you can give to people in Jesus' name. You become successful in life when you start solving other people's problems. Peter had something to give. Turn to the person next to you and say, you always have something to give. That which God has given you, make a decision, decide to use it for the glory of God. What you've received from Christ is a solution to someone in need. That's how God has made us. What God has given you is the solution to someone else in need. You will make the decision whether you will help or not help. But when we are faithful with the least, God will entrust us with more. Amen? Turn to the person next to you, say small things, big things. Family, listen to me. When you have Jesus Christ on the inside of you, you always have something to give. Jesus Christ is the biggest giver. God the Father loved us so much that he gave Jesus. He gave his very best, the beauty of heaven for you and for me. Turn to the person next to you say you're highly favored, whether you like it or not. The Holy Spirit is the one working on the inside. You say you are saved to save others. When you start to share salvation, it's the Holy Spirit that will help you to minister to that person. The Holy Spirit is the one that helped you to become born again. So we have a helper that will help us to be responsible with the blessings that God has given to us. No one will ever have any excuse. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have to use your gifts and talents. Tell them again, say, you have to use your gifts and talents. Tell them, say, your gift that Jesus has given you is a solution to someone in need. The gift that God has given you is a solution to somebody in need. Peter knew what he could give. That's why he said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I'm going to give you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Family, sometimes when you have something to give, people will not respond the way that you expect them to respond. What do I mean by that? They're not going to believe what you are saying. Peter, when he said, get up and walk, the man didn't get up and walk. Peter had to put in some extra effort, reached out, grabbed the man, and he lifted him. When he lifted him, only then strength came back into his legs. 
Sometimes you're going to even have to go the extra mile with what God has entrusted to you. Amen? The first area where you have to prosper is in your spiritual life. It's in your spiritual life. The man at the gate or the man at the pool of Bethesda, he just wanted to get into the water. He thought, if I can just get into the water. But Jesus was the one trying to get into his life. In 2019, we all have to acknowledge Jesus is coming sooner than ever before. Are you ready for him? If you have to give account, will you have used your blessings in a responsible way? Would you have reached out to those that God wanted you to reach out to? Have you invited the friends that you have to invite? The family that you have to invite? There's just as many unchurched people today than there's unsaved people. People that used to be in church, used to be committed, used to use their talents, their gifts to meet the needs of people. And now offenses remove them. Turn to the person next to you say, your offense will never be an excuse for not using your talent. It will work with the people around you, but not with God. Why? Because God is the one who gave you the gift, and he expects you to use it in a responsible way. Turn to the person next to you say, there's hope for you, because God has highly favored you. Family, the end of any Christian is a lasting relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? When you look at Peter, this man was looking for silver and gold. Peter said, I don't have silver and gold, but what I have, I'm going to give to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Did Peter ask this man for any money? Did Peter ask this man for any money before he prayed for him? No. Why? Because he heard when Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Go heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. What was he saying? He was saying, Healing, incurable diseases, HIVs, cancers, those things that are incurable. Go and pray for people with those things. Jesus is not ashamed of your situation. He's neither embarrassed by it. He died for it. He's the solution and the answer to all these things to all fundamental problems. So he said to his disciples, if you go out, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers. Lep leprosy in those days were incurable. He's dealing with incurable diseases. Raise the dead and cast out demons. Does that summarize everything? The things that you, where you need breakthrough. Does that summarize it? Yes. Then he says, freely you have received the empowerment, the gifts to heal, to deliver, to raise the dead. 
freely you've received it, freely give it. Family, listen to me. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the Old Testament, you could also not buy healing. You could not buy deliverance. You couldn't buy any of those things with money. Even in the Old Testament, I'm going to show it to you now. Yes, there's a custom that when kings meet with kings, they bring a gift. Even still today, when heads of state meet, you'll often find that they do give each other gifts. It's a normal thing. Amen? It's about the responsible use of blessing. So when it comes to these spiritual things, you've received it freely. You've received it freely. As men of God, we minister before God. Number one, our ministry is to God. Listen to me. Our number one ministry is to God. Out of that ministry to God, we minister to people. It's our relationship, our connection with God, touching the face of God, that you can now touch God's people. Do you hear what I'm saying? That which we receive from God there, don't pay for it. You receive it freely. Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power. Didn't say, go to Jerusalem and buy the power. A matter of fact, out of the 500 people that heard that they should wait, only 120 remained behind. And they received the empowerment. Jesus himself said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. So that empowerment that comes from on high, you receive it freely and you give it freely. New Testament, you see Peter didn't charge anything. Jesus himself said, you've received it freely. Let's go to the Old Testament. 2 Kings chapter 5. What happens? 1 Timothy 6, 9. Let me just read this quickly. The New Living Translation. 1 Timothy 6, 9. The New Living Translation. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and trap by many foolish and harmful desires. People that desire to be rich. In other words, their focus is upon money. Jesus said, you must decide who you want to serve. Do you want to serve money or you want to serve God? He said, because I cannot entrust to you true riches if your focus is upon money. Ecclesiastes says money answers everything. To get the electricity on, money answers that. Your clothes, money answers that. But money is not the answer to everything. Turn to the person next to you and say, money cannot buy you everything. Tell them, money cannot buy you healing from heaven. Because it's free. Some of you don't sound very convinced. But people who long to be rich, so money takes your focus off. Jesus taught himself, he said, the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of this world will choke the word of God out of your heart. 
When your focus is on money, money will choke the Word of God out of your heart. Greediness. Money in itself is not evil. Turn to the person next to you and say, money in itself is not evil. Tell them again, say, money in itself is not evil. Money can be your friend because money will take on the nature of the person who has the money. So if you're a friendly, kind, generous giver, the money will take on that nature. Go back to 1 Timothy 6, please, verse 10. They plunge them into ruin and destruction for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Not money, the love of money. What did Jesus say? Do you love me, Peter? What was he saying? Do you love me more than all of these things? That's what he was saying to him. He says, do you love me more than all these things? Jesus wants to be number one. The problem that man has is that he does not give Jesus the rightful place in his heart. Jesus can see if money is the number thing in your heart or whether it's him. Amen? Turn to the person that you say, God looks into your heart. He says, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil and some people craving money. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't crave money. When you crave money, it says, have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Turn to the person next to you and say, keep your focus on God. Family, listen to me. God wants to bless you. You are highly favored. He wants you to prosper. He made Joseph prosper when he was in prison. He wants to help you, but Joseph's focus was on God. Abraham was an extremely blessed man, highly favored, but his focus was upon God. Lot was an extremely blessed and wealthy man, but his focus was upon God. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 5. Turn to the person next to you and say, this is going to help you. So you can go read this story. Naaman is a leper. He's very successful, but he's a leper. So a servant tells his wife, there's a man, a man of God, that if you go there, he will heal you. He tells his king, the king of Syria, the king of Syria says, okay, go to Israel. What does the king do? The king prepares gifts to take those gifts to the king of Israel. He brings the gifts. Naaman says to him, Here's the letter from my king. I want to be healed. He says, what is this? This guy's looking for trouble. I cannot heal you. He's not received the gift of healing, so he cannot give healing. He says, this guy's looking for trouble. He's looking for a fight. <laughs> Have you found yourself in a situation like that? Minding your own business, and yes, somebody comes. Somebody, Elisha says, Relax, don't worry, let him come to me so that he will know that there's a prophet here. He comes. He comes with an expectation. Naaman comes with an expectation that the man of God will come out 
wave his hand over him and pray for him and say, be healed, O Naaman, of all your sicknesses and leprosy. Be gone and be whole. The prophet doesn't do that. He sends a messenger and says, okay, fine, I know Naaman, tell him, go and dunk himself seven times in the river. He gets offended. He says, a dirty river. Doesn't he know who I am? Sometimes we want God to do something, but we're not happy how God tells us to do it. Don't do the person next to you say, don't get offended with God. When he does something differently than what you think he should do it. We often want to tell God how to do it. His servant said to him, please, we know this is a man of God. Why don't you just go and dunk yourself seven times? He dunks himself seven times. Lo and behold, he's healed. The instruction in righteousness brings healing into his life. And he comes back to the man of God. Go to verse 15. 2 Kings 5 verse 15. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him. And he said, indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore... Please take a gift from your servant. Naaman comes and he says, I'm so grateful. I'm healed. I want to give you a gift. But he said, as the Lord lives before whom I stand. Family, listen to me. As men of God, we stand before God. Number one, he says, as long as I live, I don't stand before you. I don't stand before the king. I might come there and do what I have to do as a man of God, but I stand before God. You can go read Ezekiel 44. If I'm wrong, I'll correct it. These men of God, these Levites, started ministering things in the temple, idols that should not be there, referring to money. God said to those Levites, those servants of God, he said, listen here, You who have done this, you can continue to minister to the people and meet the needs of the people, but you will not come and minister to me. That is the most fearful thing for any man of God. A man of God can stand here and minister to people, but God says to him, because of this, you will not minister to me. Because what we give to God must be holy. We can only give to God what comes from God. Listen to me. If you have this revelation, the love that you give to God, when you say, I love you, Father, I love you, Jesus, I love you, Holy Spirit, it's a love that comes from God, that he has given you. That's why you can love him. Romans 5 says, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. We can lift up holy hands and bless a holy God. Because he who is holy has made us holy. You can give of your resources, of your talents and your gifts back to the Lord. Because it came from the Lord. What you give to the Lord comes from him. That's why it's accepted by him. It's very quiet now. We're talking about the fear of God now. He says, listen to me. Please take the gift from your servant. But he said, as the Lord lives, before whom I stand, 
I will receive nothing. And he urged him to take it. You know what it means? That he was pushy. He was saying, you have to take it. I want to give it to you. I want to, I want to. But he refused. Why? Because this man of God understands times and seasons. Go read the whole chapter. Then Gehazi, his servant, heard. Hmm, what a stupid man of God. Doesn't he know what this guy wants to do? He's missing out on a blessing. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow. Gehazi goes and says, Naaman, sorry, change of plans, please, you need to give us something. <laughs> and he receives it. When he comes back, the man of God says to him, where were you? He says, nowhere. He lies. Greediness, the love of money, will turn you into a liar. Uh, go down. Go to verse 25. Now he went and stood before his master, Elisha. Before his master, Elisha said to him, Where did you go, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant did not go anywhere. <laughs> then he said to him, Did not my heart go with you when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, to receive olive groves and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants? Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went out from his presence, leprous as white as snow. What was Elisha saying to him? Is it our time to receive money? He was saying to him, it's not our time to receive it's our time to give. What we've received freely, we are giving freely, and it's his time to receive freely. His time of giving will come, but it's not now. Our time of receiving will come, but it's not now. Because when somebody has just been healed of an incurable disease, they will give anything. And you can take advantage of them, and afterwards, in their hearts, they will curse you and not bless you. Because they would realize, maybe I've given beyond my ability. Listen to me. Because God wants you to be a happy giver. That which he has given to you, he wants you to give it with a happy heart, a cheerful heart. Naaman was a man of authority, and he urged the man of God to take it. And he said, no, I'm not serving here before you, for anybody to see what you want to I'm serving before my God. I stand before my God. And my God has said, freely I've received this, freely I give. Turn to the person next to you and say, the gifts of heaven, they are free. Don't pay for them. Is there a place where you have to honor a man of God? Yes, you can do that. I'm not saying don't honor a man of God. Uh, the Bible teaches us, yes. There's a time when you can give, where you can be a blessing in a person's life. You can do that. But it's not at that time. 
That time, it's the time of the man of God to give and you to receive. Your time of giving will come, but it's not now. Amen? Turn to the person next to you. Say, your time of giving will come, but it's not now. When you are receiving your healing, your deliverance, or your breakthrough, it cannot. Today, we have many people clothed with spiritual leprosy because they are receiving money. It's not the time to receive at that time. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I have to reset my faith concerning some things. Family, let me tell you something. Gehazi was supposed to take over from his master. He was supposed to be the next prophet to do double the amount of miracles what his master did. But because of money, he missed what God had called him to do. Money can let you lose your focus. Money can let you miss your destiny. Many dreams and callings today are destroyed upon the rocks of disobedience. The good news is with God, you always have a second chance. When you come to him in humility and sincerity of heart, he will help you. Remember Peter? Turn to the person next to you and say, Peter messed up. Tell them again, say, Peter messed up. Say, he denied Jesus. Say, say to the person, say, he denied Jesus. The one who called him. The one who anointed him. The one who highly favored him. The one who gave him gifts. He denied him. Why am I saying that? Because many of you are sitting here and you're thinking, I've messed up. Am I still highly favored? Let me see your hand. We all mess up. <laughs> we all make mistakes. said, Peter, I've not changed my mind concerning you. Do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Yes, Lord, I love you. The requirement for you to fulfill what God has called you to do, do you love him? Do you love him more than all these things? And you'll see what he will do. Haggai says the silver and the gold belongs to God. The latter glory will be greater in God's house in the temple than the former. Family, listen to me. If Jesus, the beauty of heaven, the highly favored one, if God did not withhold him from you, but gave him to you, why will he withhold anything from you? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're highly favored. Make sure you stay in love with Jesus. The Bible teaches in the book of Ecclesiastes, opportunity and chance comes to everybody. Comes to everybody. When you are highly favored, your focus is upon Jesus. God will see you through. This morning, I know you are facing some challenges. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm facing some challenges, but I have hope. Tell them again, say, I'm facing some challenges, but I have hope. Jesus 
was with his disciples. And the least likely of anybody to anoint him came in. Do you know what I'm talking about? She took the oil and she poured it over him. And they had many things to say. And he said, listen here. What she's doing here is for my burial. You don't understand what she is doing. What was he saying? He was saying, the challenges that I'm going to face in the future, she's anointed me that I can bear that cross, that God will see me through. But Jesus said, I look towards the cross, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of my faith, enduring the cross for the glory that has been prepared you and me. So I want to tell you this morning, God wants to anoint you afresh. Amen? Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, God wants to anoint you afresh. When kings were anointed, they were separated unto the Lord for his purpose. When you are separated unto the Lord, you're highly favored. When you are separated unto the Lord, now God will be interested in whatever you say, whatever you do. Now it's the time to use the blessings, the gift, in a responsible way so that God's name will be glorified in you and through you. Turn to the person next to you and say, use your gifts. Use your talents. Use what God has given you in a responsible way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ, loving God, loving people.